Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Oh, Corey, Corey, Corey. I said nice things about you, man. I, I said I don't agree with any of your policies, uh, but uh, I said nice things about your video. Uh, I said you were like a charismatic guy. And then you do this. <sighs> and of course, I'm talking about presidential candidate, Senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker. So this week, uh, Cory Booker is the latest in the uh, line of uh, liberal Marxists uh, to go after someone's religion. Uh, This was, let me see if I can find it, a judicial nominee. I believe it was the lady who was taking the place of Brett Kavanaugh uh, now that he is on the Supreme Court. And uh, her confirmation hearing, Justice Rao, I believe is her name, uh, Senator Cory Booker uh, asked her about her religious beliefs, if she believed that gay relationships are immoral and if they're a sin. So, first of all, I have to comment. Um, Usually, uh, the uh, anti-God, anti-Christian people uh, always accuse Christians of obsessing over homosexuality. Uh, But notice it's usually these same people, uh, these anti-God people, who are the ones bringing up the issue of homosexuality. And as we discussed last time, it's almost like uh, people are drawing a line in the sand and daring Christians to cross over. Uh, and so, once again, uh, they're using this uh, public forum to demonize Christians for believing the Bible. And this justice had written a couple of things on different court rulings about gay marriage. Not from a moral standpoint, but from a judicial precedent standpoint. Uh, but that's uh, that's all it takes. Uh, any indication uh, that there's uh, any divergence from the uh, Marxist leftist orthodoxy, uh, and um, there are uh, consequences for that. And so, Cory Booker isn't the first uh, liberal senator to do this sort of thing. Diane Feinstein did it. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, famously did it, uh, and said he couldn't he couldn't approve of someone for a federal office who believed these things, who held to uh, basically the doctrines of the Bible. Um, it's it's interesting that Cory Booker um, and uh, his compatriots. Notice they never ask a Muslim if they believe the things in the Quran and the Hadith. Because the Quran and the Hadith uh, call for death penalties for homosexuality. Why do you think in Muslim uh, regimes like in Iran, they execute homosexuals? Um, uh, Yeah. 
Uh, but this line of questioning never comes up with uh, Muslim appointees. Uh, uh, and so that, uh, because the devil doesn't care if uh, people worship uh, the false god, the demonic god of Islam. Um, he just doesn't want people uh, believing and honoring and obeying the true God, uh, Yahweh of the Bible. Um, but I, I, this is the fact that this is becoming normal now is really a terrifying thing. There is a religious litmus test now for someone to hold a public position. And so it's funny because every time there is a uh, conservative president and there is a an opening on the Supreme Court, the first thing you hear in the media and from um, uh, the opposition is, well, you you can't have a litmus test for your Supreme Court nominees. Well, um, liberals obviously have a litmus test. You have to prescribe to the orthodoxy um, for anything. In this case, for example, a judicial nominee, uh, you have to uh, embrace gay marriage. Uh, you can't, uh, even from a, a judicial standpoint, show any opposition whatsoever. Uh, any sort of legal precedent standpoint. So the uh, litmus test is uh, one way. Uh, when the Marxists are in power, of course there's a litmus test. And even when they're not in power, there's a litmus test. Um, but um, if uh, Christians or conservatives are in power, they're not allowed to have the same litmus test. They don't, uh, they don't get the same benefit to um, exercise their principles and their decisions. So it's very one way, but that, uh, that shouldn't be a surprise because uh, uh, the days of uh, logic and things making sense have gone right out the window. This is Romans 1. God has turned this nation over to a depraved mind, uh, a mind that can't, uh, that's self-destructive. Um, and we see that. But the interesting thing about this is this is a violation, number one, of the Constitution. Uh, the Constitution says there can't be um, uh, a religious requirement for federal office. But the, the really funny thing is, this because the Marxists don't care about the Constitution, they want to get rid of the Constitution because, well, it stands against everything they're in favor of. But they do embrace the, 19 civil, uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And the whole idea of civil rights. But in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Title VII prohibits employers from discriminating against individuals because of their religion or lack of religious beliefs in hiring, firing, or any other terms and condition of employment. And so you have people who are employees of the government who are being discriminated against, and their hiring is uh, is based uh, in part, their hiring or not being hired, uh, on their religious beliefs. Uh, like I said, Bernie Sanders said, you know, he couldn't he couldn't uh, approve someone's uh, nomination who believed the tenets of the Bible. So that, in his own words, that was the determining factor in his decision. 
uh, it's extraordinary. And so we've already discussed um, the issue with the baker in Colorado uh, who won his Supreme Court ruling, and then the Civil Rights Commission in Colorado went after him again. Uh, so, the, uh, again, uh, ignoring law, the highest court in the land ruled already. And they just came back and tried to attack him again. So he's suing them now for, I think it's like $1.2 million. Um, and this brings up an inter interesting issue. Because a lot of times Christian groups or individuals um, have this sort of thing happen. And they have to go to court and fight for the rights that they already have. The problem is they usually just settle for being given the rights that they're already entitled to. And so the people who are doing this harassing, they don't lose anything, actually. They j all they have to wind up doing is what they were supposed to do in the first place, uh, which was basically nothing, allow people to exercise their freedoms. So these groups that are attacking Christians... They have nothing to lose, even if they lose in court. It doesn't cost them anything, as we see in the case of Colorado. The Civil Rights Commission just went after him again. And so I like that he's uh, suing for money this time. And I think this is, I, I, this is one person's opinion. But I think uh, Christians who uh, are persecuted like this and just sue to be allowed to do what they're already allowed to do by the Constitution and by the laws, um, they're actually inviting more trouble for Christians in the future. Because if these anti-God people don't have to actually pay a price, then it doesn't cost them anything to continue to persecute Christians. If not the specific individuals in a given case, they can just go after other Christians. But at least if they're sued for large amounts of money, forget $1.2 million, $50 million, $100 million, you know, make them, make them feel it. So at least in the future, if they're going to think about persecuting Christians and discriminating against them, they at least have to make a financial calculation. At the very least, they have to decide, well, does my hatred for Christians, is that worth X number of millions of dollars. Uh, and maybe they'll decide that it is still because they're motivated by their father, the devil, not by rational thought. But at least they'll have to pause a little bit. And I'm not saying that Christians should do this to enrich themselves. You know what? If you win the lawsuit, give the money away. Uh, take care of widows and orphans like the Bible talks about. There's lots of Christian groups uh, that are specifically focused on helping widows and orphans. So, you can use uh, money from these demonic people, and uh, you can use it uh, to obey God and, and help other people. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying, you know, every Christian that gets harassed should, you know, try to cash in. Um, the point of uh, doing this is uh, so, that, uh, so that these uh, people that uh, do this harassment uh, have to stop and think about the price they're going to wind up paying. And we saw this in, uh, there was a ruling, I think just, uh, let's see, yeah, just at the end of December, University of Iowa uh, had discriminated against uh, Christian groups, um, not allowing them on campus 
uh, because, and this is so ridiculous, because these groups only wanted leaders who supported their mission. Uh, well, that seems to make sense. Uh, I mean, for any group uh, who, who held uh, to their beliefs. So it's like if you had, you know, a feminist group on campus, um, is it outrageous to expect the feminist group to only have leaders who support feminism? Uh, would you, if a misogynist said, no, I want to be in charge, I want to be a leader in the feminist group. Well, I mean, you know, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, but this is, this happened in the case of Christian groups. This one in particular that brought the suit, I think was business leaders in Christ. Um, and it was a Christian student organization. And, and so in the, in the, uh, during this case, it was revealed that the University of Iowa had uh, put, uh, I think it was like 32 different groups uh, on this list um, whose activity was, I don't know, to be monitored or banned or something to try to find something wrong with them. All of these groups were religious groups, all of them. Th that is just naked religious discrimination. Um, and I'm trying to find the, uh, let's see, I want to find the, uh, ruling because it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, on December 21st, 2018, the United States confirmed that the University of Iowa's discrimination against Blink, that's the acronym for this group, the Iowa's, uh, discrimination against Blink because its message failed to conform to university orthodoxy that its message failed to conform to university orthodoxy. So for anyone who bristles at the, the, uh, the idea that universities are nothing more than indoctrination centers, all you have to do is uh, look at um, the words around this, that, that there's, a, there's an orthodoxy that the university holds, and um, if anyone goes against that or doesn't conform, I mean, that's like, that's crazy. That's Orwellian. That's Stalinist. They, and I guess this was just settled. Actually, this was just settled in February 1st, I believe. Um, yeah, before the hearing, oral argument was heard in federal district court in Des Moines, Iowa on February 1st, 2019. Before the hearing, the university revealed that it had placed virtually every religious student group on campus and only religious groups on probation <laughs> pending the outcome of Blink's case. And on February 6th, uh, the court ruled that the university must, must end its unequal treatment of religious student organizations and allow Blink permanently back on campus. The ruling states the Constitution does not tolerate the way the university chose to enforce the human rights policy, particularly when free speech is involved and uneven application of any policy risks the most exacting standard of judicial scrutiny, which the university has failed to withstand. This is a university. This is... This is where the future educators, politicians, lawyers, business leaders, 
This is where they're getting trained. And this is the environment that they're, the abuse of power is extraordinary. But this is so typically totalitarian. If you look at the Soviet Union, these are the sorts of things that went on. Uh, these are the sorts of things that go on uh, in all totalitarian regimes. Uh, there's like four pillars that uh, totalitarians like to take over. They want to take over the media, education, the legal system, and the political system. Uh, and you can you can see that um, the education system has been completely taken over uh, by these Marxists. Um, but from a bigger picture standpoint, you can already see how Christians are being attacked uh, whether it's their businesses, like this guy in Colorado, and you could name any number of other instances. Um, but now, even in federal positions, you have elected leaders, uh, 100 of the most powerful people in this country, in the Senate, openly, openly violating someone's right to religion and their beliefs, and openly talking about denying them a job because they believe what the Bible says. So this isn't even anything that's, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. And this is when, this is when these uh, Marxists, these anti-God liberals, they're not even in power. Can you imagine what happens when they're in power? Can you imagine this? So it's funny, There's uh, we've talked uh, a lot about the upcoming election. And um, uh, everyone on the, the left is, uh, they're, you know, kind of stumbling over themselves to figure out how to defeat uh, President Trump. And so look at that, look at the violence that ensued after the 2016 election when they lost. And look at the behavior ever since, including these just naked violations of uh, constitutional rights. Imagine what will happen if he wins again in 2020. Can you imagine? The leftists will just go insane. They were already violent after 2016. They're already viol openly violating the Constitution and the 1964 Civil Rights Act in the highest echelons of power. Can you imagine <laughs> if, if they lose again? Now, that's not to say it's going to be any better if they win, uh, because then it's retribution time. Then there'll be nothing to stop them. And so these things we've been talking about as far as, you know, people getting used to the ideas, you know what, if you're a Christian, if you really believe what the Bible says, there are certain jobs you're not going to be able to get. We can, we can look at the news and see that there are certain jobs that people in positions of power uh, don't want Christians to have. And if they take over political power, uh, they will be able to enforce those desires. Um, free association and free speech on a university campus uh, is being actively, actively taken away from Christians by the people running the universities, people that are in power. And depending on, you know, which court you stand in front of, you may or may not get justice.
But God warned about this. Jesus talked about this in uh, Matthew chapter 10. Let's see, starting in verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake. There it is. And why? For a testimony against them. So we're supposed to stand up for God. We're supposed to, unfortunately, the lady that um, um, was uh, being interrogated by uh, Senator Booker just kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit and talked about, well, her personal views aren't relevant and da-da-da-da-da. And um, I, I think uh, Cory Booker even asked her if any if she has any LGBT people on her staff. Uh, she gave the right responses, uh, which was, I don't know, I don't ask them that. Because if you were to ask somebody that in an interview, in some states it's illegal. Um, so, I, I mean, again, the um, the uh, so much for no litmus test. and Because uh, I'm sure Senator Booker, um, based on his question, uh, knows the sexual proclivities of his staff. Uh, otherwise, he'd be a hypocrite for asking that question to somebody else. Uh, but uh, she kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit, and uh, we see that, unfortunately, uh, with people saying, well, you know, I'm not going to let this influence my job, and da-da-da-da-da. But the anti-God people, they're not afraid at all about having their anti-God beliefs affect their job and the decisions they make. In fact, they tout it. So, um, when we're in those situations, uh, we are supposed to be a testimony uh, against these uh, anti-God people. Uh, it's interesting to go on with uh, this uh, section in Matthew 10, uh, picking up in verse 19. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. The Holy Spirit will give us the words. He'll give us a good testimony. Um, we have to be open to that and to let him do that. Um, but that's our opera And we have to pray for bravery to do that because that's a hard thing to do uh, when you, when you uh, stand to lose everything. Um, but that's our purpose is to be this testimony. Jesus goes on to say in verse 21, And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. So even family members will turn against each other. Um, so if we wonder how bad it can get, that's how bad it can get. Uh, that's how... That's how many people, uh, even the ones close to us, because of their hatred towards God, uh, can turn on us. Uh, and we shouldn't be surprised because Jesus warned us about this. He goes on and says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. 
but he that endureth to the end will be saved. This is the same section where he talks about uh, a disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Um, and so they persecuted Jesus. They didn't like what he said. They even killed him for it. They lied about him, uh, brought false charges. Um, this is not anything that should surprise us. Um, we just don't want to fail in those moments when we have the opportunity to be a testimony for Christ and to stand up for him and say, yeah, you know what? I do believe these things because the God of the universe, the God of the Bible said them and therefore they are true. The problem is you have people that don't like the God of the Bible. They don't like his morality but they want to tell themselves that they are still moral uh, because uh, that conscience, uh, it may be faint, but there's probably a slight glimmer in people and they want to think they're good because they can tell themselves in the back of their mind that when they die, if they have been quote-unquote good as defined by them and their ilk, then nothing bad will happen to them. Nothing bad like hell. So they want to still see themselves as moral. But they don't like the morality that God has laid out. So they come up with their own morality. And it shouldn't be surprising that that morality is in direct opposition to the morality of God. And so they will continue to act this way. Um, this is obviously the way this country is going. Um, we can talk more about the uh, impact of uh, uh, the creeping socialism slash Marxism and how that plays into all this. We'll talk about that um, uh, in a future podcast um, because it's becoming more and more relevant. Um, but these things are happening. Uh, not surprising in a country where only 9% of the population uh, has a biblical worldview, even though over 60% identify themselves as Christians. Um, but there are the people who are doing these uh, interrogations consider themselves Christians. And who are they turning on? Yeah. Uh, they're siding with the world because they're the children of the world. They're, they're the children of the devil. Um, and so... Uh, we should be aware of this. Uh, we should know that uh, in the end, our God and King wins. Um, but in the meantime, we have to go be good foot, foot soldiers and stand up for Him because our testimony matters. And it may not be, it may not matter to the people who are persecuting us. But there are other people listening too, and. We don't know how God is going to use our testimony and our faithfulness to him to soften these other people's hearts. The ones who are doing these attacks, um, you know, uh, most of them, I fear, uh, their heart has already been turned over the, to the devil completely. And, um, and uh, who knows the chances for anything uh, for them to change. 
but we don't know everybody else who's listening, and our testimony may impact them, and God may use that to save them. And uh, their victory, like our victory, won't be in this life, but it will be in the next, and that victory lasts forever. And so we need to be faithful. We need to have a faithful testimony. Um, and steel ourselves and be ready uh, for what is obviously coming. And the only way we can be strong enough to have a strong testimony uh, is to ask our God in heaven to strengthen us through his spirit and give us the words and the courage uh, to be faithful witnesses and faithful servants. That's it for this time. Please uh, tell all your friends about us. Uh, feel free to email us at podcast at jesusforsinners.com. That's podcast at jesusforsinners.com. God be with you all. God strengthen us all. And we'll talk to you again soon. Good night.